Peace and Black Power family, this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today we have a special guest in the building. Her name is High Hill, and she is a modern day shaman known for being an energy healer who brings high vibration to the collective. She does a lot of things in the community as far as healing, which is something that we as a people need. And we're going to get into a real in-depth conversation. The name of this podcast is Necessary Blackness, and this is necessary for all black melanated people. We're going to talk about white oppression and black trauma. And we're going to deal with the Afrocentric approach to healing. So, my sister, High Heels, how are you doing today? I am beautiful today. It's a beautiful day. I'm ready to get at it. I'm excited to be on here. Like, when you asked me to come on, I, I must admit that I was like, yes. I've been waiting for this opportunity because... Lately, I've been talking about a lot more like entertainment-centered things, and uh-huh. I've been able to tap in a little bit into the consciousness, but I've been more on that side where I'm talking about like celebrity stuff or in the news. Mm-hmm. So this is more my genre, so I'm ready to get at it. Well, we're going to take a dive, and we're going to go into the portals of the cosmos. Okay. You ready to go there? I'm ready. Now, when people hear High Hill, right? Let me tell y'all, it's H-E-A-L, not H-E-E-L, all right? We're dealing with healing. Yes. Something that is of paramount concern when it uh, relates to melanated people. Mm -hmm. So for those that don't know, I know I just gave a brief introduction. There's more um, to what you do. Uh, Give us a little background about yourself and how did you uh, get into the space of healing and offering um, comfort to those in the community that needs it. So um, to start off, it's something that is in my lineage. So my grandmother is South African. So she comes from a tribe of what they call art witches. So it's something that's already been instilled in my spirit, not something that I actually practice. I, before I was in school at UCLA for history, for public affairs. Mm-hmm. So the mode that I was gonna go to to address the collective was politics. So, you know, I got into law school. That was my thing, like legislation, like I'm gonna do stuff for the people. Um, 2012, I lost my mother and it changed my perspective on life. And I started to see that politics was not necessarily the way I was gonna help my people, but tapping into my, my ancestral gift was how I was gonna help the people. Um, a lot of what we're dealing with today it can be combated if we really do tap into what our ancestors were doing and the practices that they were living by. Uh, because a lot of the things that we see, like the, this is like a gentrified lifestyle that we live. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you understand what I mean as far as spirituality, because this is what the white man came and they saw what we were doing and they gentrified it and they took away a lot of our African spirituality and our African roots. So all that to say, once my mother died and I started to see that politics wasn't the way, I was put through a whole process of things in my life that called me to tap back into my ancestry 
and do ancestral work. So. All right. Now you said something that was very key, right? You said that you was able to tap into your ancestral roots, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me what is that process like? Because we always talk about that we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors and that our ancestors is watching over us. Mm -hmm. Tell me what is the journey like to tap into your ancestral roots? It's a calling. Like, it really is So everybody can't do it. It's, it's, I'll say like, it's like two avenues, right? Like you have some people where this is the calling for their life, mm -hmm. but then you have people where they do the things that create the connection. Not one is better than the other. It's just some people are meant to be leaders and some people are meant to not so much be followers, but to support the leaders. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, it was a calling and it was choices. You know, I was put through homelessness, you know, like even with losing my mother, I found my mother dead. So I had to go through being like PTSD. I was doing drugs. I went broke. Then I was homeless. Through that process, I had to tap in. Like instead of just giving up, something within my spirit tapped in. So that's, it was a choice. You know what I'm saying? But then I'll say for people who they tap into their ancestry, not because of trauma, like I did, but because maybe they just were enlightened. They do all of the things. There are people that tap in because it's the thing to do. We're in that woke movement. Um, I don't think it's a, a necessarily bad thing, but there are people that do tap in because of the woke movement. I appreciate that. But really tapping into your ancestry, meaning being authentic, like being able to do something that's not cool because this calling is not cool. It's not fun. You know what I'm saying? Like there's things that I've gone through that most people do not live through and do not live through and be happy afterwards. So like as far as being a shaman and the position that I have in the spiritual world, that was a calling. It was a choice. I chose to tap in. I chose to follow. I chose to be obedient. I chose to listen to signs. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it's something that you weren't pushed into, I appreciate that you do research though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you are tapping in, you're not going with what this person on Instagram said or what this person on YouTube said. You have to open up and allow your ancestors to speak to you. Now, I definitely want to talk about that because there's a lot of life coach healers, uh, crystal wheelers, yeah. uh, sage. <laughs> sage burners. Yeah, and... sage burners. And everyone seems to, and to a degree, it's a good thing, right? Because we could be doing so much other things, right? Mm. But I just don't believe, like earlier you said, you know, um, you have to be your authentic self. And I just don't believe that individuals are authentic in who they say they are and what they try to accomplish with the people. Like, for instance, the other day we was talking, I was telling you a situation where someone, you know, wanted to do a reading on me and they were trying to tell me some things about me and, you know, how they could help and for me to do this and do that. And it, and it was really, some of the stuff they were saying was spot on, right? Mm -hmm. But it was really hard to, for me to take this person serious because I'm like, yo, you toxic. Like, you toxic? <laughs> yeah, you toxic <laughs> as fuck. You know what I mean? You want to give me advice. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? So it's just, you know, and, 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 and this is one of the things that I do know. None of us are infallible. We're all subject to error. No one is perfect. 
but at least strive to be on the path of righteousness mm -hmm. before you uh, come upon the community mm -hmm. and try to give advice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this though, like what I'm doing, I'm not giving you advice. I'm cha I'm channeling. Like mm -hmm. I'm a channel. Okay. Like things that I'm telling you is not something that came from my mind. Something told me to say this. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying to you the other day, like certain things like, okay, I'm not going to come on as a relationship specialist mm -hmm. because one thing that I'm authentic about is I'm terrible at relationships because I've never really practiced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't really date. I got married when I was 20. I had a toxic husband. Like I never had to practice in dating. I will never come to y'all and say, hey, I'm going to be a relationship coach. The fuck now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I will be your coach in manifesting. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I understand how to manifest my life. I understand how to inspire you. I understand how to lead you on your spiritual journey because that's my niche. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's what I mean like by being authentic to yourself. But you also have to know like your weaknesses. So I can see where somebody could be like, uh, nah, high heels. You know what I'm saying? She got drama with her ex-husband. Like, I can't listen to her. Yeah. She made mistakes with this nigga. I ain't listening to her. You don't have to because I'm not talking about your relationship because I'm not going to talk about that. But if you look at my life and you see that I have literally manifested my life, I started over with $115 in two bags in 2019. Mm -hmm. And in two years, was I didn't even have my kids with me. Mm -hmm. In two years, I got my kids, I got a car, I got a place to live. My business is thriving. You know what I'm saying? I have a radio show that I'm on, which is something I spoke five years ago. Like, I'm literally manifesting my life. So when it comes to that, yes, you might want to take a step down and allow me to channel because I'm channeling the way that, you know, the divine channel to me, your guys come to me. You know what I'm saying? So even all that to say to push away even anything I've accomplished in my life, I'm a channel. And if your guides know that, okay, high heels is a way I can get to Raheem, let me go get to her. And then mm -hmm. she can speak through him. But you got to be humble. And that's the thing. That's part of the journey. The journey humbles you. And you need those spiritual guides. Yeah. You yeah. definitely need those spiritual guides. So when, we, when I think about spiritual guides, right, I think about the ancestors. And I also think about intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that for a minute, right? Um, I'm getting older in, in age. Um, and everybody that I see under me or coming up after me is much younger. There's like two other generations under me, mm -hmm. you know? So it's getting to the point where a couple of years I'm going to be elder, right? <laughs> And, and, and um, as I get older, I can look back, right, on certain things that I did in life that I'm probably not proud of, um, but I ain't gonna apologize for. But I can now look and see why I did what I did, and a lot of it had to do with intergenerational trauma, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes intergenerational trauma is not anything that could uh, directly impact you, right? Mm -hmm. It could just be something that is embedded in your DNA mm -hmm. from your parents. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, if your mother was in a relationship when she was pregnant and um, it, it, it was a, a volatile relationship and she was being abused and she was always in fear, mm -hmm. a lot of that is permeated to you and you take on those characteristics. So once you start understanding things like that, you'd be like, wow. 
So this is why this happened, and this is why that happened. When you think about intergenerational trauma, how can us as a people overcome that? So first you have to identify your trauma. Like that's the root of any healing is first identifying the trauma. Like I'll say something like I'm African American. So both of my parents directly came from Africa. So there's things in my family that I notice are different than like my ex-husband. He's an African or he's a, a black American. Mm -hmm. So I see things generationally that, that have cursed y'all because of slavery and because of Jim Crow and things like that. So you got to really first like, like see the trauma, identify the trauma. One thing I noticed is that black Americans have an inferiority complex. You know what I mean? When you, when you say inferiority complex, what you mean by that? Because black people have constantly been put down or uh, devalued, mm -hmm. you know? So they always need to one up the next nigga. You understand what I mean? Because constantly throughout history, our value, even when you look at slaves who were like blacksmiths, like you have a real like trade, you have a skill, but you were talked down to like you ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of sentiment, and it gets embedded into a people generationally and generationally. So now you see black people, you got to always stunt on somebody. You always got to let somebody know who you are. You know what I call it? I, I don't I don't necessarily look at it as having a, um, an inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. I look at it as um, being prideful, ego, mm -hmm. you know, um, and you know, to a degree, a lot of what you're saying is true because you, you got to understand, you know, um, we was kings and queens. Mm -hmm. um, we wore silk robes and, and was the richest people to ever be untold, right? Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. That's what history tell us. But somewhere along the way, through that uh, <coughs> excuse me, peculiar institute of slavery, mm -hmm. uh, the great Maafa on the Atlantic slave trade, we lost it, you know? Yeah. But, and, 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 and now we're dealing with the generations and, and the residue of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but with the healing and what mm -hmm. you're doing and what other people doing in the community, I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm not the shaman. She is, right? <laughs> but you don't think that we are on our way? I think that Black man and woman are the greatest. Yes, but see, this is the thing. We live in our world. You know this, yeah. but majority of black people don't know this. And that's why I feel like people that have platforms like this, it's important to continuously spread that. Like even things like, um, you know, I, for my tarot, I use the thoughts deck and I actually talked about this on the show earlier today. Um, hermetics, like, you know, Freemasonry and things like that. Hermetics? Hermetics. Hermetics. H-E-R-E-M, something like that. Yeah, I, I see like, the word. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. the word. So um, a lot of Freemasonry things are based off of hermetics, right? If you try to go study hermetics, they will tell you that the Egyptians got comedics from hermetics, <laughs> which is actually the reverse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, they got hermetic from comedics. They, 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 they fashioned thought. They took from thought and they created Hermes. So they directly took something from us and made mm -hmm. it their own, yeah. right? And now you see Freemasonry, you see all this stuff that's based off Hermetics, but it's Hermetic.
but we don't it was know cultural things. appropriation yes. before cultural appropriation. Yes, all the way back into antiquity. But black people, we don't know stuff like that. So we constantly always think white people created things. White people started this when everything that they do, they've taken from us. So all that to say, one of the first ways of healing is informing. You know what I'm saying? We got to empower our people to learn more. And that's why I say that woke movement, part of it, I get like, because mm, I feel like some of it's not as authentic, but in the same breath, part of that is the healing to educate. Like people need to know things like that. Like, bro, like, you know, the, the, the capital, I, I get into it a lot with people because I don't feel like black Americans should call themselves African-American because like I'm African-American. Mm -hmm. But you, oh, I don't know where your how long your family's been here. But if they've been here since slavery, you're a Black American. Don't take away your ownership. You built this country. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But there are those that call themselves African American because our lineage comes from Africa, right? But we know that we built this country. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really don't get caught up into whether I'm African American, Black American. Black man is God. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. I know, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And the white man is the devil. Mm -hmm. That's how I know. That's how I was taught, and that's how I see it. And that's what's manifesting itself yes. in real time today. Yes. So I, I really don't get caught up. You know, some people might say, "Yo, you know, if you if you go to the Moors, they'll tell you black, and they'll pull out the Black Law Dictionary and tell you black means death and black is not, you know, is yes. not a color, and you know, they go into yes. the whole." Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can't call them black. And you mean, better not call them African. Hey, I, look, I, I'm, from a healing aspect, I'm looking at it as a tool because what the, all that to say, like having, giving yourself ownership is like a step because that's giving yourself a sense of pride and understanding yourself, understanding Absolutely. that like the capital was fashioned from a black man. Booker T. Washington, he made the outline of the capital like we built it having a sense of pride because they took our pride away so much. He did the outline, but wasn't it... Um, it was like the city... Was it Booker G. Washington? It was Benjamin... Banneker. Banneker. Sorry. Benjamin my Banneker. God. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Benjamin Banneker. A B. But all that to say, a black man. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. the point was to say, like, we have to... That's part of the healing process. When you, when you think about it, the railroad lights, uh, blood transfusion, the gas baths, of the internet, mm -hmm. um, you name it, man. The black man and woman are the inventors yeah. of a lot of things. If we was to take all our inventions and say, you know what, you say go back to Africa, okay, that's where we're going. Yeah, I America don't would not be the same. No. No. But listen, this is what we're going to do, family. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and we are sitting here right now with the Oracle High Heels, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back. And we're going to deal with some high science. We're going to deal with some healing. We're going to deal with reciprocity. Mm -hmm. We're going to deal with reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We're going to deal with all that. So y'all stay tuned, man. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, from our quick commercial break. And before we went on our break, we were talking about self-esteem. We were talking about reconciliation. We were talking about ego. Now, I wanted to ask you a question, right? This question is, as black people, black folks, 
Are we doing the emotional labor that's necessary to heal ourselves from generational trauma and PTSD? And if not, what can we do to remedy that situation? Okay, so when I think PTSD, um, thinking of post-traumatic sleep disorder, I know that like Dr. Joy, she has her take on it. But when I think of my take on post-traumatic sleep disorder, I'm looking at the dismantling of the black family. Mm -hmm. Then I'm also looking at the miseducation of the black man, right? Or black people. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about the dismantling of the black family, if we look at how black families are today, it's very rare that you have the Huxables, right? And it's it's constant that we see in the in, in pop culture that they don't want us to see us together. So part of the healing is we have to start to see the value in each other, the true value. Um, Kevin Samuels is somebody that's very popular right now. I think he's one of the worst things for our culture right now because I'm a second that. Look at yeah, it. because he does nothing but tear us apart. He marginalizes single mothers. So therefore, now you are perpetuating the cycle of a single mother because you have men who could come in and be a good, what, what do they call it, Joseph, yeah. a good stepfather, as they say, is Joseph, um, to, to help to, to create the family unit. But what he's done is he's made single mothers such a, a distasteful thing that men don't even want to come in and create a unit with a woman that already has a kid. That's let, let me ask you something. Do you think he has that much power? Now, I do know people listen to him, and I know he's popular on YouTube, and maybe it's just me. You know, um, I would never take advice from somebody on YouTube. Like, you really think that people is going to change their dating habits because some idiot named Kevin Samuels is on their... Giving out advice. Yes. There are there are so many men who have said that one, he has changed their perspective on dating. Are you there are men who now call themselves high value men because they have a place to live, a car to drive, and a, a job. That's and normal. No kids, That's no normal. Kids. But they but I'm telling you, there are That's men high value. They consider that high value. Now the man has Damn. brainwashed. What our can men. I consider myself? Bruh, okay. If like, it, all it takes is a, a place to stay, a car, and a job. <laughs> and no kids. Well, my son is grown. See, see, so. but, but, they, but they feel that these are high value. Yes, there are people who have said, well, you know, now I see the value in buying a dinner for a woman and she going to have to do this. So now you're taking away chivalry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're making men think that they don't have to play their role as a man anymore. So you, they, won't even, they won't even buy the dinner? They'll buy the dinner, but they feel like now... There's like, okay, the power of the P. They feel like, well, they have a power of their pocket. I remember I told this dude, I said, look, if it's that serious, if you feel like you hold so much value for a $74 dinner, I will cash out that for you, money. <laughs> it's not that serious for me. Wow. But, but all that to Yo, say, I give meals to the homeless. So this just <laughs> like, you valuing a meal? Yeah. Like, like you know, it's, food, you, you, that, that, that's a necessity, man. And as a, a person, I couldn't see no one go hungry. Yeah. And I like to eat, so if you're around me, we're going to eat and we're going to eat good. Yeah, yeah. And they put value on meals? They put value on buying a meal for a woman. Yeah, I better stop it. Like, that's, such a stop it. like that's why I feel like he's done such a disservice because really we have to start like valuing each other in the roles that we have. Women have to learn how to submit. 
not how to let a man run them, but how to submit because we have to empower our black man and say, I trust that you will lead me to the right place. Talk that talk, sister. Because part of what the what they did was they took the black men away from us, so we had to fend for ourselves. But we have to know now, I don't have to fend for myself. My man can have me. I just have to trust you to have me. But black women don't have trust because we've been raped so much. We've been used so much. So even though it didn't happen to me per se, I mean, really, I've had issues too. Every woman, me too, is not just a movement. It really is a statement. Most women can say that happened to me too. Yeah. But as far as generationally, the black women have, have been raped so much, we couldn't trust our men to protect us from the master from coming into our bed. So we have to tackle that kind of trust so we can trust our man again. And if we really could unify our, our black family again, that is part of healing that post-traumatic slave disorder, as I'm calling it, because that's what they took from us. Like, that's one of the things that we're missing. And that's one of the things that the white man knew that they were doing when they broke us apart like that. They seen a married couple. They knew the psychology. Break them fucking, break them apart. Yeah. Sell him and, off. And they're doing that today with little things that they do where they elevate uh, the black woman above the black man mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you spoke about um, trust, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust that every sister that is in hearing range of my voice, I'm going to trust that you don't listen to Kevin Samuel. And I'm going to trust you brothers, right? Turn that shit off, man. You know, turn that shit off. If you want relationship advice, there's a couple of good books out there. You know? So... You um, let us know about what needs to be done in order to heal. And I, I definitely think that that's something that our community needs to take heed to. Because um, like you said, you know, we all go through trauma, whether it's PTSD or shit. Some of y'all PCP, you know what I mean? <laughs> y'all on the PCP. Yeah. But we all got our, our own individual problems. And... Um, most people look at it as, well, that's his problem. But, you, but when you understand intergenerational trauma, his problem becomes your problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it becomes society problem. Yeah. So we got to work on those who are dealing with what they're dealing with. And we got to work on ourselves with what we're dealing with. So in conclusion, sister, I definitely want to thank you. I appreciate you for coming by. Um... In your last closing word, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you're going to leave with the people? Um, I just want to leave with this. Uh, look into each other and see each other. So I look into you and I see myself. You should look into me you should see yourself. That okay. is going to be the number one key for us to truly heal because we have to know that we are one collective energy and one collective unit. So whatever I do to you, I do to myself. And that should be the creed that we move forward with because that's what they don't want us to do. Unity. Yeah. And what I tell y'all family all the time, we don't have to be uniform in our belief, but as long as we unified in our struggle. So I definitely appreciate that. Now, um, you got your business popping. I see you out in the community. Mm -hmm. You're selling your essential oils, the sage, and a lot of other uh, healing products. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was privy enough to snatch some stuff from you. Um, what was it, last week, was it? Yeah, yeah. About yeah. last week, time yeah. be flying. Exactly. Um, you, you also do the radio show. So tell people um, 
where they can get some of your products, what are the type of products you offer in, and tell them about your radio show so they can check you out. Okay, so as far as the products, I have Helena Kai products. These are all Reiki-infused, Reiki-charged, natural body care products like body butters, lotions, soaps. I've got energy bath salts that have actual crystals shaved up in there. Uh, I do the candles. So you can catch that on helenakai.com. That's H-E-L-E-N-A-K-A-I.com. Then also I co-host a radio show called All Hustle No Fear. This show is a business-oriented show, but we are bringing it to you in a more digestive way, uh, understanding that we are all entrepreneurs. So we have a lot of just different things. My segments, I have a Street Sangoma segment. So I talk Say about again. Street Sangoma. Break it down. Okay, Sangoma is a South African shaman. So that is what I am. But it's for the streets, you know? Okay. Um, so it's the Street Sangoma. That whole segment is about holistic health and energetic health. Because your health is your wealth. If you are going to truly be a business person and attack your career, attack your goals, you have to be able to maintain your energy, maintain your health. So um, that's mainly what I bring to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on Hits 92.3. So we air Monday through Fridays, 10, 12, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern okay. Time. So, yeah, you can catch me there. All has no fear. Now, the name of your product again. is Helena Kai. And you told so, me... Um, that means uh, it's a combination of your name, your daughter, and your mother's name. Break that down. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Helena Kai. So, my mother's name is Helen. My Goko's name is Kalina. And my middle name is Kai. Your Goko? My Goko. Goko. Yeah. What that mean? So, that's Grandma and Zulu. Oh, okay. Swati. So, in, in any Anjani languages, that's from South Africa. Any South African languages, it's an Anjani language. Yeah. Your grandmother's your Goko. So, uh, and like I said, she comes from a tribe of what they call art witches or shaman. So uh, putting my Goko's name, my mother's name, and my middle name is Helena Kai. And then that's my daughter's middle name. So we have the four generations of these magical women that are all put into the products. That's what I'm talking about. See, we just talked about intergenerational trauma. And she just gave y'all four generations of greatness. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we got to end it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Four generation of greatness of black women. Yes, yes. Right? African. African. Yes. Goko. How you say? Goko. Goko. Leave it to me to fuck it up. Goko. It's the way you gotta say, it. like you'll say Goko. Like Goko. Yes. Yeah, it's like a certain way you gotta you gotta hold your mouth and you gotta come for your throat. That ain't gonna happen today. <laughs> if I keep saying it over and over though, I get it. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, this is Raheem Shabazz. Um, we had a wonderful time. Make sure y'all subscribe to the YouTube channel, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Make sure if you don't already have your copy of Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Make sure you get it. We on Amazon. Uh, you can stream us on Quali TV, Roku. You can, if you got an iPhone, you can tell series, play Elementary Genocide, and we come right up. If you got a uh, Android, which you shouldn't have, uh, you ask Alexis to play Elementary Genocide. And um, we'll come up. So peace and black power. i see y'all same time, same place, but only next week. Peace.